Very excited about this week's podcast with me, Lance Burdett. And this is a man that fixes heads. So we'll work out what that means in a minute. How are you, Lance? Very good. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Mate, let's rip in. Absolutely. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. This podcast was brought to you by the newest product to enter the body science performance range, Myocytin, independent research-proved body science Myocytin to outperform standard creatine. In only six days, athletes ingesting Myocytin gained more than twice as much body mass as those consuming regular creatine. Athletes also increased upper arm girth by over 200% more than regular creatine users and improved their bench press performance significantly more than users of regular creatine. Ask your local supplement retailer how to get yours. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And this week we're going to add on their head fixing. So that's a that's a pretty funny topic to throw behind a uh, startup there, Lance. And mate, do you just want to firstly give us a little bit of background about you? I mean, you you have one of the most interesting bios I've ever read. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, look, I started life left high school with no qualifications. Um, I'm the cliche, right? So I started off, uh, grew up in a state house, very little money, but a loving home, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I, you know, I remember one year I earned more money than my parents did by mowing lawns and working in shops and things when I was 10. And I left school no qualifications and became a builder. And I hated it. I even, I've spent three years building in Australia. I absolutely hated it, but it paid the bills yep. and it was okay. Uh, and then I had one of those epiphanies, life experiences, I don't know. At the age of 35, I just thought, decided to join the police. At 35? Um, at 35, for an easier lifestyle. How's that? <laughs> that tells you how much I researched. Wow, you must have hated and so, um, look, I just fell into this career of crisis negotiating. Uh, one day, I, I, there was, you know, we're surrounding a house, the armed defender squad, and they're all dressed up in their blacks and, and, you know, guns. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And then there's a couple of people behind me just talking in the car. And I, I said to the boss, what are they doing? Oh, they're talking to the person in the house. And I went, ooh, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. And so I just fell into it. And then I was drawn into suicide intervention. And that happened because I had depression. So I'd been in the police a long time, working really hard not looking after myself, doing undercover, you know, their covert policing. Yes. Uh, you know, running witness protection, all sorts of things. Very, very cool stuff, you know, kicking in doors and just having fun, but not looking after myself. And effectively, it was burnout. So um, that's how quick it can happen. It can happen to anyone. Wow. And so I just started learning about the brain through neuroscience. So I started off in psychology and it didn't resonate. Mm -hmm. So I started reading books and just, just discovered neuroscience. And, and, you know, at the ripe old age of, I don't know what I was, I must have been 56 when I decided to launch out on my own. And, and you know, for the last six, seven years, I've been flat out uh, in this business and never looked back. And really, I have to say, living the dream. And mate, How cliche is that? I know that's a cliche and I love it because you just skimmed over what I imagine was a lot of in-between information. There's and, a lot of in-between. And I just want to get back there. How do you get to managing high-risk incidents with the police when you, you came in unqualified, you came in as a builder, yeah. you, you said, oh, I like that. And I love that. I love people who say that and go and get it. That's awesome. But what, what what got you there? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the wrong word, the wrong action, the wrong tone, the wrong something means somebody jumps, somebody shoots.
shoot somebody does something that we don't want to see. So apart from I'll ask you how you sleep at night in a second, but how, when, when you went to work, how did you get, how did you grow into that role for anyone out there who is really interested in um, policing, for example, and, and some of the aspects of where they could go? Because it's not something you sit at home at the table and go, gee, I think I want to work in crisis negotiation. No, it's not. And it's it's not for everyone. And it's, and it's a, quite a rigorous selection pro- process you have to go through. And I was lucky enough as the lead negotiator for New Zealand Police, I was traveling to Australia quite a bit uh, and catching up with, with and they have the same selection criteria over there and met some very cool people. And we pretty much got all the, the same story. It was, we're drawn to it, right? So I don't know why I was drawn to it. I thought it was pretty cool, but I didn't realize the suicide intervention was part of it. All I thought it was, was sitting in a car, talking to some person in a house, drunk, yeah. stoned, got a gun. Yeah. I thought, yeah, come out or we set the dogs on you, right? So yeah. that's the sort of mindset that you go in with. And then uh, I got invited to a training day. I, I expressed an interest. I just said to the person who was in charge, look, I kind of like what you do. Can I come and have a look? We go and do a training day and I just thought, wow, here's a model that works for connecting with people. And that started it. So I applied, um, went through a selection process. So very few people go on to become a crisis negotiator within any jurisdiction in the world. It's something that you have to really want because they put you under stress right from the start to see how you go. And then you spend 10 days intensive at the the police college, at the academy, undergoing not to become a cop. Forget about question and answer. Here's how you engage with people. Here's how you communicate with them. Here's how you get inside their head literally or figuratively, but maybe literally, right? So you're really crawling around in dark spaces and getting them to open up to you as best you can. So you are their friend. You've got to forget that you're a cop, you're on their side. The the whole role of a negotiator is to peacefully resolve an incident. And that's done purely by verbal, using your voice, your tone, uh, lots of breathing for ourselves, right, to get ourselves in a good headspace to start off with. And then once you've qualified, uh, and it's an intense course, right, people fall over. So they put you under an immense amount of stress to make sure you can stand up in front of somebody on a bridge in the middle of the night and get them off that bridge. Wow. And it is a really intense course. And when I went into that role of, of the lead negotiator, I made it even more intense. So I worked um, with a couple of uh, lead negotiators in Australia and we, we developed a, an additional program. And so really it is, um, and we do have people fall over and literally fall over and they have to get counselling when they leave us. We make sure there's counselling there. So it's a, instead of doing the fitness, we're doing fitness for the mind. Yeah, and we absolutely. get heads and just, just plant a few seeds and then let them go and they just, <laughs> who puts you under the most pressure? So mate, is it anything yeah. like the way Hollywood portrays it where you walk in, you take total control, everyone listens to you, you get to yell at everyone but on the no, phone you're, you're calm and cool and click. pardon you're the rung on the ladder you really <laughs> are it is nothing like that so it's like that in America so yep. the negotiator runs everything in most other jurisdictions you're just a cog right you're just another one so we've got the tactical teams doing the guns we've got the tactical teams doing the negotiation we've got the tactical teams doing the investigations we've got an inquiry team so we've got all an intelligence team so we've got all of these other things and you're just one part of this very big wheel in that wheel I mean one of the great things that you, you told me that you do is you you predict violent behavior. So do you want to talk us through what that actually means? Like in, we're obviously talking about suicide intervention and, and, and violent yeah. behavior. And that's something that we hear on the news from America all the time, guns, laws, all the things that go on. I mean, obviously mm. we have a control on guns, so we don't see as much of that. But from your perspective, how, how does someone predict violent behavior? So the biggest predictor is, is past, right, is, is previous. But um, I was lucky enough to go to the FBI 
AI, and they've got a great model. Um, so they've been collecting data for statistics for years and years and years. And so this model I had, I just uh, modified it. And really, it's about you look at the place. Where are they? Was it selected? Was it random? So if it's selected, it's going to be a higher level, right? Is it known? Is it unknown? Who are the people involved? What's their relationship? And you go through this whole step-by-step process of just basically ticking the box. And the higher up in the box it is, the greater the risk. And at the end of it, it's intuitive. You just look and go, wow, there's a strong likelihood of violence. And it may not be. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a whole lot of things. And and, uh, and really, it's not just whether they're angry. It's not their current emotional state. And so it's it's understanding what the likelihood, that gives you an idea of the temperament that you're going to be dealing with. So it's done at the start, and then it, it's ongoing. If it's ongoing every hour, you're doing a, another assessment, another assessment. And it really is, um, it's a three-step process you go through with the other person. So the rules around crisis negotiating are pretty simple. Two ears, one mouth, right? So we're going to do twice as much listening as talking. Um, One of the things I didn't do uh, very well was listen to briefings because the briefings that we got were just somebody said to somebody that this is what happened. Yeah. Or somebody, you know, it's third hand. It's rubbish. And if you get it wrong, you get one chance in this. Yeah, if absolutely. you get it wrong, you alienate the person, right? So you might as well get out of the seat and let somebody else jump in there. So it's about getting out of So it's a three-step process. What's going on right now? What's inside your head? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you? What state of mind are you in? Have you had drugs? And so you can get that by just talking with the person. Then you take them one step back. How did it happen? And this is the key, I think, in life. We're so quick to go, what's going on? on here's how you fix it forget that it's what's going on how did you get there how did it happen and that's the key to everything in life right so go back just go over what happened get a bit more information then they start to open up and you look for two things when they're talking the hook and the trigger okay so the hook is what they want to talk about and they start to get like this and they get really fast and they and they really and they get animated and they they really want to talk to you you know you can hear their voice go up and it's got a song to it it's got this and that's the hook the trigger is what set this whole thing off and you try and avoid that as much as possible but you've still got to go back to it so we take them on the hook and then go back to the trigger a little bit to find out a bit more guns how many guns have you got or what happened you know how did you get to the state you are what was the what happened to you to get you on this journey into depression and suicide or what you know why did you select these people and why are you holding them hostage and so it's a balance that you you learn to do and then it's how are we going to get you out of there so we use words like when you come out when this is over we can do that for you when you come out so that's what we the, the model that we use. What's going on? How did you get there? Then let's get you out of there. And to, while you're talking with me, we're going to work together on this to get you out. So, mate, I've got to step back on the chat we've had. So, you mentioned that you experienced depression yourself yeah. at a younger age. What made you? It was in the police. It was in the police. In the police. And then you went I down had this just path. I become a crisis negotiator. Oh, so it was while you were in this role? Yeah. Gee, that must have been a tough period for you. Oh. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was. Um, and, and you know, the, the media over here did a documentary on me. What are they really? 2020 or 60 minute things here around um, the, the crisis negotiator who was suicidal. And so, when you're talking with somebody who's suicidal and you aren't in a good space, it's, it's you go into robot mode, right? So you're not really in a good space, but but you can relate with that person. Yeah. Um, and you get lost in that conversation. And one of the good things about it, if there is a good thing, is that you realise you're not alone. See, the depression and, and, and suicidal thoughts, ideations, which I've studied a lot now, and I've just published a book basically on it, with six chapters, Dark Side of the Brain, which is all around the negative side of the brain and how we can use it to our advantage, and we have to. 
Well, let's dig into it's that a, in a second. Yeah, so it's 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 around. Um, it, w- it was a terrible time for me, I have to say, and and, and sleep was elusive. Um, I was lost, dark, and I had a suicidal ideation. And and because I was trained in what they are now, what they basically are, it's a thought of here's a way out. It's part of fight or flight, extreme flight. Yep. So you've 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 worked hard. You've you've got you're in a deep place. You've tried to scramble out. You listen way too much to that voice inside your head, which becomes a different voice it's not your own and it's got these great wonderful suggestions and this is what you know you tell you tell people this who have never been through it and they're like really it's it's not your voice and it is so calming and overpowering wow and so I'm standing at this window and I'm, I'm like, oh, it's not high enough. And I just, and I, the, I tingles. And I was like, you, you are, you are bad. <laughs> you need to. And I just, and I went for help straight away. And as it turned out, I went to a padre and said, uh, you know, he's a great guy. He came through the, the, the station every every week and I got to know him quite well. And I said, um, I'm struggling. And I told him a few things and he said, well, you know, we'll do a few things here, a bit of prayer and things like that. But you're really going to have to go and get yourself some serious help. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a bad place. And he said, the best thing he's ever said to me. I've been there. I was like, you know, man of the cloth. Yep. Being there as well. And I'm like, wow. And it just, you know, it just made me feel comfortable. Just opening up. Then I go and get help and I read this book, which was an absolute godsend, if I could say that. And I read it recently and I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as mine. <laughs> but it resonated, right? So yep. you've got to find what resonates for you. And you really do have to go and get help. Uh, you can't help yourself. And this is the key. But we try to. Yeah. And we try to and we try to and that's the road that you go down you've got to get this stuff out of your head as quickly as possible it's it's really interesting you say how you 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 had that depression and the person you went to had been through it as well but just stepping back to your job role as a negotiator how busy were you were you busy every night were you busy every day were you working once every fortnight how, how serious is it yeah. in australia and new zealand yeah great great question i guess and we're very similar to um and i, and I mean that in a genuine way great question because people think oh you're not used that much well it's five seven and nine times a month so it's once or twice a week yeah wow. so you're getting call hours but it's in the early hours of the morning right yeah now you, and you in new zealand you didn't get paid for it and you still don't get paid for it whereas you know the australian jurisdictions have got it right you get paid and rightfully so because you're waking up at three in the morning you're racing with red and blue lights or you're racing your private car to get to where you, you need to go first and then you got to pick up a car and head off um and your adrenaline's going and you've got to race there and you get this briefing and all of a sudden you just got to go let's do this and it's a hell of a journey and then you're expected to go home and go to sleep after the three or four hour negotiating it's like really it's sleep how and but you do get used to it so um in, in new south wales queensland very similar right so you're doing you're not just doing um the three things that i said not the hostage and the barricaded criminal you're also talking with high risk search warrants okay so negotiators go along with that and so they make a call into the house and say hey look you know there's a whole lot of people outside the house and they're going to come in uh, so this is what some rules we want you to do. And they say, you come in here, I'm going to kill you. Off you go. So they, they go with, and so you're getting called out more and more and more. Now, just recently, um, there's been a spike in, in violence around the world. Yeah. And it has been a rise of anger. Um, and it's simply because of the arrival of COVID and our brains, our, our subconscious is going absolutely flat out at the moment. And yeah. so because of that, we're not sleeping. The chatter in our head won't shut up. We're going to bed too early and a whole lot of other things. And because of that, we're frayed, right? So we've become a little bit fragile as a, 
species, I guess. Um, and we're species who look forward to the future, but only based on our past. Yeah. That's our only reference, right? And so we're making this stuff up as we go along. And so really, it's you've got to get yourself some help. You, you cannot do this alone. There's three ways to get things out of your head or to do something about what's in your head. And you learn this as you do the crisis negotiation. And the biggest one is talk. Talk therapy has been around since humankind. It has been around that long. We talk with each other. We no longer do that. We have devices that we do this on. We don't connect with people now, and that's what's missing in the world. So three things are happening at the moment, and which is spiking the suicide rate as well. I know in both our countries, there's been a slight rise, a slight increase, and I'm a bit concerned about it. And it's simply that, you know, we, we have to go. So you can talk with people. The second thing you can do is read about it, but you're still restricted to your own self. Yes. Right. So that self-talk, it's yourself talking to yourself about yourself. So we think that we're fixing things inside our head, but the only reference model that you've got, the only reference material you've got is yourself, what you've done in your life. And if you haven't got any reference that I've been through depression before, it'll make it up. So reading about it is another thing you can do or writing it down. Now, I suggest to people, so when you get, that's how you get it out, you start to do something about it. But the biggest one, the easiest one is talking with others. The thing about depression and particularly when it comes to suicide is you think you're alone and we become isolated. This thing inside our head says, go away. I got you. This is so, you know, apart from every now and then it calls you a failure. It says, go away, hide in the dark, sleep, I got your back. And you can't sleep. So what do you do? Hit the bottle. Yeah. Right? Yep. And if that doesn't work, you then add a few pills and you just keep doing it and you keep doing it and you get through and you get through and you get, you just can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And so talking is the best thing you can do and, and do it sooner rather than later. And so, yeah, being in that dark spot, you know, you learn about yourself though. I'll tell you something and I hope this resonates with you. We are better and stronger than we think we are. That's awesome. We've been given tools to get us through life. Who do you talk the most in your day? yourself. We will have an inner critic beat you up when you get something wrong. Um, We have this imposter, you know, your podcast going extremely well. Are you qualified to do that? You'll have that little thought every now and then or what's going to go wrong, right? So you have these little (laughs) self-doubts going on. Absolutely. You know, so we we have a younger self that that keeps us motivated uh, inside of us, about half our age. And so we have these commonalities. You know, I'd I'd ask somebody in, in the audience, what was the name of the first school you went to? And they'll tell us and I'll say who was thinking of the name of their first school. I'm probably like the listeners here thinking of the name of their first school. It's just the way the brain works. And when you understand that, you've got a better availability to help yourself. And the only way I learned that was reading, talking, and now telling. And so uh, that's the, you know, if I can just leave people with one message here, it is you must reach out. Don't listen to that. that the risk management tools. They're one thing, right? So we all worry, don't we? We do. Right? So we all, we, we've got all of these things. They're just one single thing, Greg, is all they are is a thought. All they are is a thought. A thought is nothing more than a neural connection to take you to a direction to where it thinks the answer lies. It, it's not there because you you're going within your own experiences, your own timeline. There's, if it hasn't helped you now, it'll never will because it will make it up. And what it does is it's called the the worry spiral, right? That's how all this stuff starts. You start to get a bit well. You think you're going to get through it. All this worry stuff carries on. And here's an example. And catastrophization comes in. So that's we all catastrophize to a greater or lesser extent. And what that is, it's just expanding the negative so it make it easier to fix it. So here's how catastrophization works. I wish I'd known this stuff when I was in the hole. So you're leaving home, bit of a rush. As you're closing the door, got a partner, right? See ya, I'm off. And this voice comes back, whatever. And you think, 
Ooh, you wait till I get home. And you think about it all day, right? Yep. By the time you get home, you're having a divorce. You're breaking up. The world's over. You open the door, hello, and this voice, hey, how was your day? You're like, what? What is that? Oh, my day was good. How was yours? Hey, when I left this morning, what did you say to me? Love you forever. What did you think I said? Oh, nothing. You know, so it makes it up. It fills in gaps. It will fill in the gaps, but only according to what you've done in your life. It's expanding the negative. So you think about this. You would have done this. You would have thought somebody said something, done something. You thought you made a mistake. And it will keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. If, that, if you don't fix it, it's going to add something. Do you remember that thing you did two weeks ago? No, but thank you. Do you remember that thing you did a year ago? No, but thanks so much. Oh, wow. Remember that thing you did five years ago? No, well, I thought I'd forgotten about it. But yeah, that's still fresh. And it just keeps adding to the pile because you're only referencing yourself. So what made you go to when you were in your hole to your priest and then from the priest, how, where did you go next to help you in your journey? A psychologist. Um, and I I really got a great one. Now, the, the, something else I found out through this whole, my journey and many others, it's the connection with the person. It matters not whether you go to a psychologist, a psychotherapist, um, counsellor, that a, a doctor, um, provided they're a good one it's the connection with connection. the person yeah. it's that key, that human connection when the heart meets another heart right that's the key and i really liked that i got a fantastic one he was brilliant and you know he listened to my stories <laughs> of which there were many you know i got some stuff rattling around <clears throat> you would have had some I, screaming I, stories at that time I, in your I'm life just, oh. just gonna fall out on the pillow when i'm asleep one night right and i've got this and he listened and he said you know what he said i I see before me a loving man, a wonderful father, a, a loving husband uh, who's just worked too hard. Yeah. And by the way, here's your diagnosis, accumulated stress disorder. And I thought, well, if there's a, a diagnosis, if he's given it a label, I must not be the only one. Nice. And that was just, uh, so I, I really did get a great one. And we were going to get back together uh, fairly recently, but uh, to, to he wanted to do some work because I work in neuroscience these days. And he wants you know, psychology is heading towards neuropsychology these days. So how the brain actually operates, we're learning more about that every day. And unfortunately he passed and it was, it would have been great to stand up on stage <laughs> with the bloke that saved my life. And mate, do you mind me asking, how long was that process for anyone out there who's who's got this head that's talking to them more than it shouldn't? And we all have those times and we know when it's happening. How long was the process for you to, to get out of that hole? And I hate look, calling it a hole. That's a bad word, but that's... No, it's, it's it, look, it's not a... It's just a dark place, right? Yeah. It's just a dark place. It, it's it's been called the black hole, the black <coughs> black dog. Black dog. Yeah. What, what's the black dog? I mean, what's that? Is it bark at you or is it bite? You? I don't know. It's not. It's just a dark place. Yep. Right. And and the, the reason is that it becomes so dark is because you've run out of material. Yeah. Okay. Because you've gone through your whole timeline and it hasn't worked, and it's it's just dark thoughts the whole time. That's why it's a dark place. Yeah. It's just everything negative. So we, we all have experiences in our life. And it is said that around 80%, depending on the person, of those memories are of negative things to keep us safe because don't go here, here's the danger. It's called a negative bias. Yeah. And so we've got this thing going on and, and you end up referencing every little piece as the brain tries to figure out how can I help? We have a natural survival mechanism, right? So we're not born with fear. We, we, we have some, but instinctive. But you put a child next to a swimming pool, it'll go in the water. You put it next to a fire, it'll touch the heat. 
right? So, so we've got these, we're curious, but we have a natural survival instinct. Uh, and we are good at looking after ourselves or so we think. So we've been gifted with these tools, but life's got a way on us, right? So we've got way too many decisions going on. We got, we're not connecting like we once did. This brain of ours is so slow to adapt. But the good news is, you know, we've been around pretty much as long as cockroaches and rats. So that's the category that we're in, right? <laughs> so that, that'll give you something to look forward to. You know, we're the same cockroaches and rats, aren't we? Yeah, well, we've survived most things, haven't we? We have, true. And true. we survived it by looking after each other. We've survived it by looking after each other, not by ourselves. We didn't get through this alone. We had people around us. You know, I'll ask you three questions and see if you're see if I can guess your answers. And this, this will be how it goes. So I want you to think about one thing you're grateful for in your work life, well, except the fact, other than the fact you've got a job, because that's our default. Uh, one thing you're grateful for in your personal life and one thing you're grateful for about yourself. Now, chances are you would be thinking about for your work, your colleagues. Yeah, some people. people. Yep. So, so people, yep. the others are, are the people you help, yep. right? For your personal life, family or friends. That's exactly what I wrote, family, yep. Right, and for yourself, you would have gone, oh, good question, I'm kind. I wrote happy. But That'll do, one yeah, word. You know what, you bring on the winner. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so for the majority, it doesn't matter if you hadn't had those thoughts, right? So that'd be, we're all the same, but different. You know, one of the questions I ask the audience is, um, if a dog could speak and say one word, what would that be? Who's thinking woof? And, you know, about 50% <laughs> of the audiences put, put their hand up, and I'm like, I've never heard a dog say woof in my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the first thing we've learned in our life, that's it. It's tagged with an emotion and it's hard to dissuade you. I still think woof, right? And I, and I do this because it was the first thing we learned and it was learned within the early stages of our life. So the early stages of our life sets us up for the road. And the reason why I say that is it's not our fault. So we start blaming ourselves when things don't go right. It's got nothing to do with us. It's got to do with our forebears and the environment in which we grew up in. So if that within our early days, first thousand days is really important to us, if something happens, uh, we're not more resilient. Yep. We're actually uh, at risk, right? So we have a risk of falling down a hole. Hey, if I could just flick this back, we've been talking about you and your journey and, and where, where you were in that dark place. Say somebody around you, and this is like, we've got one of the best uh, crisis negotiators to ask this question. One of the crew at work, he came to me and said, one of his mates is really dark. You know, he hasn't yep. been going to the gym. He hasn't been turning up to things. He hasn't been doing it. I, I could just tell that he was taking a tough love approach. And, and I just sort of said, oh, mate, look, you got to make sure you ask do they have a plan are they you know like it you need to ask those questions what do you actually think people should do oh now you've yeah yeah i'm I'm opening a can here i'm sorry my amygdala has just gone off right when i hear that yeah so that's what we think and that's what people are are, are teaching out there so they're teaching this yeah so 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 let me let me go through something for you um I teach this now mm-hmm. uh, in, in the workshops that I do. I call it shake and take. So if we see somebody, what are the common signs? So I'll tell you the common signs. The number one common sign for me is they won't look at you when you talk with them. Yeah, okay. They used to. They don't now, right? Yep. M- remove all the culture stuff. It, they will not look. It's, it's it's very hard for the person who's struggling to look at people okay, because there's point. that connection and they don't want the connection. Yep. So that's the first sign. Other signs are they look disheveled, they're tired uh, for the first part, um, I call it the washing machine, the movie, and the drowning. So the washing machine, they can't sit still. They are absolutely on the go, nailing everything, right? Give the busy person something, and so we throw them work, and they sit down, and they're rattling around, and they're, they're playing with things, and on their phone, and they're scrolling really fast, and everything is just, they're just trying to run away from their thoughts. And so they stay up late, because the thoughts are coming, dark thoughts come in the, in the, in the, in the dark, you know, these dark thoughts in the dark. Why? Because there's no stimulation around. So we stimulate ourselves with TV, internet, gaming, whatever it might be. Uh, sleep is not important, it's critical. And so we're not sleeping. And so we've got all these things going on inside our, 
head and we're trying to and eventually the brain goes here have some chemicals and you go into what's called this i call it the movie stage everything becomes surreal you slow down and so the person will slow down uh they will start to make mistakes of course because they're not sleeping uh they're like a robot an automaton right so they're just just going through the motions no emotion at all on their face just blank screen and for the person it seems like they're walking through a two-dimensional world they you know i was thinking man i wish somebody would reach out to me and give me a hug uh, and they don't because they you know they don't know right so we go to that and then the third stage is when we actually look pale because um we're going into extreme fight or flight blood's going to the heart and and the lung and the you know the heart and lungs and it's trying to go into this basic survival so what can you do now all you have to do now there's three times so are you okay you know no if i was to say to you greg how are you going you're going to say good you cannot say anything else even if you're bad you're going to say good absolutely you can't not it's automatic function can i give you a hand with that automatic can i give you a hand with that greg what are you going to say no i'm good yeah. Right. So we have these automatic settings. And so it's three times. So all you have to do, if you have somebody who's just not looking well, um, disheveled, um, you'll see them slow down and they'll, they'll be looking at their phone or reading a, a book or a magazine and the page won't turn. Everything just goes slow. That's the stage. Actually, the busy stage is the way to get them. So what you're going to do is you're going to walk up them and go, ask a question. Now, the question that I like to ask is what's going on? That's it. If it was a barricaded criminal, hostage taker, somebody on bridge, what's going on? Because if it's a hostage taker, they're going to go, why? Well, you've got some people in there and you're not letting them out. Yeah. A barricaded criminal. Well, you're in the house, you're drunk, you got a gun, uh, and you're not coming out. Yeah. Somebody's standing on a bridge, mate, it's four in the morning. You're on the wrong side of the handrail, look where you are. Because they don't know they're there. Suicidal people actually don't know that where they are. Wow. It's kind of weird. They just really don't. This thing takes over, the brain takes over and goes, here you go. And, and it's just, you know, I, as I say, I've been researching this for a long time and, and been involved in it for 25 years. And so this is the stages that we go through. So you've got to connect with the person. So what's going on? They will come back and say, what do you mean? Well, you're not, you're you yourself as the reply you've this 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 and this i can smell alcohol on your breath all day um you, you mate i don't even know if you had a shower you've had that same shirt on for four days yeah. Um, you, you know, you're just, you're just not looking well. I'm, I'm concerned, mate. I really am concerned. What's going on? There's two of them. Usually they break then, but most people will come back. It, well, some people w- will come back and they'll say, oh, no, it's all good. Just got lots going on. Got them. What do you mean lots? What's going on? Three times. And then they just open up. Now, if you want to, you can ask, are you thinking of killing yourself? That came from crisis negotiators. Mm-hmm. We use that. Don't take it away from us. We use it to slap them in the face to go, give me your full attention because they don't know where they are if you ask that question i worry about the person asking it are you okay to ask that question because is it going to play with your mind if you're okay to ask it by all means all means do but i've just gone through a process with you that chances are you're going to say no so what can you do well you can ask and and, and one of the a sentence that you can use is which i think and it does work and it does work. And mate, you've been going through a lot and you've done it really, really well up till now. But I really think that you need to get some help. I just hope you aren't having any of those dark thoughts, mate. What about that? Yeah. You could ask them, hey, have you had any thoughts about death or dying, if you want to? And everything after that, if they say yes, why go, have you made a plan? What steps have you taken? Why? They've already admitted it. Because if you go into that place, you better be prepared to to. to Keep this going. Yeah, I think a lot of people stepping out of our right? lane, we do that too. Yeah, like yeah, if we got the wrong right. answer. Stepping out of your lane. I'm going to yeah. use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use that. You're stepping out of your lane. So I always say, you know, stick to what you know. Yeah, exactly. Shake and take. You want to know that they are struggling and that they will. 
come on, mate, I'll come with you. What do you reckon? I'll come with you. Let's go now and stay with them. Yeah. And then call me anytime and you do all that stuff later. Shake and take to the experts. It's, it's, you really is, and, and you will feel like oh, a million quid, right? It's just brilliant when you when you when you do this, and I've been lucky, one hundred percent success rate. With, with you know, that's these. really interesting you just said because I'm thinking, wow, this guy is dealing with shit every day. He's, <laughs> but you know what? It's like you said, you got one hundred percent success rate. Like that's just pure reward. That's like wow. internally from your learnings and the time you put in and what you're doing. It it would be one of the greatest feelings to know that you saved another life. Like you you what you put yourself yeah. into has assisted you in saving someone else. You don't really. I, I liken it to. So I was very lucky enough to. Go to uh, as part of the security team to the Olympics in London and the Delhi Commonwealth Games, and I watch people win gold medals. You know, high performance sport, and the bus lasts for a little while, and then they're looking at the world's yep. the next championship. And so it's very much like that. I don't dwell on it for too long. It's a great bus. Look, and and I don't want to, that to sound. I want it to sound genuine. I'm not disingenuous about that. You move on. Where's the next challenge? Where's the next person? Yeah. Because if you dwell on it, you you'll go into a deep dark place. So you say them that's fantastic i don't go searching them out to see if they're still around i don't i know their name at the time i've forgotten their names yeah. i can tell you every single negotiation i've done every single suicide intervention i've done i can i can tell you where they were in fact they you know for that documentary they filmed some of them um and I can tell you the words that we used. I can tell you all of that. So I don't need to remind myself. It just is there and it sits there all the time because you are an extreme emotional state yourself and you're focused on the process. That's what keeps you safe. Yep. You're focused on the process. You're focusing on the words you use. You're focusing on the connection. And how am I going to get this person off? What's the what's the end goal? And that's what keeps you safe. You've just launched a new book? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So it's it's, it's quickly become a bestseller. So um, I'm very lucky. Two books, two, two, two hits, bestsellers. Yeah, nice work. Sellers, yeah, I'm very lucky, and it sold out a couple of times, so we do have plenty of copies. <laughs> so, so your first one, Behind the Tape, Life of the Police Frontline, that's the story, like that's a documentary-style book, is it? I haven't actually read yeah, them, so... Yes, yeah. absolutely it is, yeah. right? So it's, it's it's basically on my my time in the police. Not many funny stories, unfortunately, because I sort of forgot about all those, and I, yeah. somebody said to me, you're going to have the funny things that when we were first training, and I said, can't remember them. So, yeah, it's got war stories in there, but it talks about my journey into depression and how I got out of it and gives lots of helpful tips on people who might be struggling. Okay, and so the there's, a lot, is, there's a lot of good readings and learnings in there for perfect. There is, there is, absolutely. And I still get messages today. In fact, I got an order today, so it's been out for a while now. I got an order today for it because I heard about it. it is, it's still very, very helpful. It's really helpful for emergency service and first responders. That's amazing because, that there's actually because resources. Because they can there. relate yeah. right day one, right? Yeah. So it starts off with me in a prison and I just trick people, you know, where am I? Who am I? And you know, I can smell the urine and fear and I go and take them on the big emotional journey and but it's um yeah really good for first responders and and, and you know cops and things we'll but put a link at the bottom is, of the website for that one please ash next book is into the is, it's called dark side of the brain and it deals That's an interesting with, name for a book uh-huh. yeah well it's well we have got a dark side so everything we've talked about you know when i, I people read the book and they go i had a psychologist a, a really preeminent psychologist in new zealand read it and she sent me this beautiful message and said so i talk dear younger self and i talk about when my voice first I was aware of my voice when I first became aware and how it was helpful and then when I went through my teenage years it became a bit of a a bit of an enemy and then went into my dark times it just became this new person who I listened to and so I, I, I take them on this journey and uh, and the number of people psychologists said wow you took me back to my childhood and I remembered aunties 
friends, people, things that had hurt me and things that had helped me. Thank you for writing the book. Uh, it's got a whole lot of emotional connections all the way through it. I mean, I, the reason, it was going to be a funny book, right? So it was going to be filled with humour, but um, we lost our niece um, over 18 months ago to suicide, and, and she was our goddaughter. And um, yeah, we, we lost her to suicide, and, and I thought, no, I need, to, I need to go where people don't go. And so it's a book that will take people, and so I guess that's the warning. We did five chapters. Uh, as parents, we lose a child. Um, we've lost somebody to suicide. It's a you know a friend. Uh, I get inside the head of the person who's reading the book. Hopefully they're not, and I just say you know how to get through it if you are. You know if you're you're, you're my hero. We put posts out all the time, and you know I was asked the question once, "Who's your real life hero?" And I said, "Those that get up, put their clothes on, and go to the letterbox and check for the mail when they don't want to." Yeah, amazing. That's my hero, right? They get up, they dress up, and they front up. That's my hero. The one that goes and doesn't heat up the can of soup, just opens it and drinks it and goes back to bed because they didn't want to, because yeah. I don't want to eat. That's my hero. Those that are down the, the depths, they don't know. No one knows about them. That's my hero. The ones that just go unsung, that, that go and get help, the ones that just take it one step at a time. And this is the key. It's just one step at a time and don't. You know, even in life, you know, we set these goals, these grandiose goals. Great, set them. But just what can I do now to start heading towards that? Yeah. And that's the key to the stuff. Break it down, break it down, break it down. What am I going to do today? So, mate, where can we get Dark Side of the Brain? So it's on Amazon now, I think. Yep. It's, it's on most places. They can come to my website and get it. Um, What's your website? Yes, so it's W-A-R-N International, warninternational.com. And so the, the, the WARN stands for Wellness, Awareness, Resilience and Negotiation. Nice. But it also stands for WARN. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and we've got, a, we've got a YouTube channel. We've got um, this sleep tips document. Uh, there's lots of you know free videos. So during our lockdown over here, I was doing once a week on Facebook and they're up on there. Just some things. I go into a much deeper place. Journaling, we talk about that we talk about you know the reasons why you should look back and only and what you do when you can and how to balance your life there's a heap of stuff there and what's your facebook if anyone's looking to jump uh so it's um warn it's again it's all warn international okay uh, on, on the twitter it's uh warn international because <laughs> it doesn't do the AL for yep. some <laughs> right, you got to be limited uh, so you'll find us there every time wonderful uh, and that, that's where I suggest you go I do have a personal Facebook page but really I don't use it like everybody else uses it right you're not yep. going to see what I had for breakfast what a shame what did you have <laughs> uh, toast it's always toast mate nice, always toast. nice. that's toast. how boring the I official am, right? food of negotiators <laughs> <laughs> I suppose yeah, if it's three if you're getting phone calls at one two and three in the morning you're cooking toast aren't you Lance it was lovely chatting with you today. Thank you so much. There's some great advice there for people out there that have got friends or themselves are suffering yeah. in some part. And I just want to say thank you for jumping on the show today. And like uh, Lance said, jump on his uh, YouTube channel, you know, subscribe, subscribe to ours, Body Science. Let's look after each other. Everybody puts their time in on these podcasts to help others. And mate, once again, I appreciate you coming on board. And for everyone out there that listens, Lance isn't someone who's been a part of the Body Science brand for the last 22 years. We've um, come across each other in some platforms that we we both deal in and it's really great to have people like you come on board and just give your advice to the Body Science family, mate. Really appreciate it. I oh, look at Greg, I appreciate the opportunity and, and I'd love to do it again anytime, mate. We can go into deep into neuroscience. I can take yeah, you on Let's do some athlete team, stuff next mate, time. Mate, we'll talk about that. Take you on a real journey, mate. I like it. Inside, have a rattle around, eh? I look forward to that one. I might even do a little bit. I might have to read a book or two before we do that one <laughs> so I'm on the same tone as you. But, <laughs> mate, once again, thanks for coming on and giving your time up for everyone. We really do appreciate it. Brilliant, mate. My pleasure. You're Thank a legend. You.